Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. Hello and welcome back to the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast. I'm so excited today because we have a student who just finished the cohort, just finished the Ivy League challenge. He's got such a cool idea for his impact project, already made great progress, and I'm sure there's an incredible story in there that I don't know all the details of, so I'm excited to learn through this interview. Uh, But Aki Velamati is a sophomore in high school, just finished the course last week, and as we're recording this, and uh, I'm just really thrilled that you're here taking your time to be with us. Thank you for joining us, Aki, and, and just thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. As we're recording this, you are almost at the end of our your first semester sophomore year. And so if we can, let's try to try to set the stage for the listeners so we can understand what your situation was like a few months ago that motivated you to consider joining the Ivy League Challenge in the first place. And so if you can remember clearly, and, and that may not be easy, but if you can remember what was the problem or, or what was the challenge that you were trying to solve that motivated you to join the Ivy League Challenge in the first place? So probably the biggest challenge was getting noticed by very pristine uh, Ivy League colleges. Mm. Uh, so the biggest issue was, yeah, getting noticed by them. I go to a very nice high school in Maryland. Uh, I've done many things as regards to school, but I still didn't think I would stand out as much. Yeah. So I kind of got stressed, especially with my freshman year, because my freshman year, it was definitely very stressful trying to get, uh, trying to understand how high school works. So it became a very big pile of stress and it just became, how am I going to get noticed by these colleges? So you were worried that even though you come from a great high school, maybe you didn't know what you needed to do to stand out or did you feel like you knew what to do, but you just couldn't get it done? What, what did it feel like? I felt like I didn't know what to do. And I feel like if I knew what to do, I could get it done with the amount, with the, uh, amount of ability I feel like I possess. Yeah. That I can actually go out, I can do it, I can make sure I do it. But I just didn't know where to start or even if I knew where to start, where to go with it. Yeah, yeah. I think that is so relatable. I think a lot of people listening in understand or, or feel the same way. And for some people that starts in eighth grade, for others in ninth grade, some people... It would be this year, 10th grade, or even you know the end of 10th grade by the time they start to start to feel stressed about this. Uh, but you were feeling that way in ninth grade. How did, what did the emotion feel like as you tried to solve that problem? Here you are hoping to stand out, become competitive, but you didn't know where to begin. Just how did that, how did that frustration feel as you worked to solve that problem on your own? So it definitely became extremely stress-inducing. I was trying to think, mm. oh, maybe I joined this club. Maybe I do this. Maybe I do that. It just became um, basically me saying, let me do everything. And instead of doing anything I wasn't doing, then it was going to be one more opportunity that I missed to get noticed by my college. Mm. So it just became something that eventually overtook my entire life. Yeah, I feel like, man, if if someone else is doing it, then I have to be doing it too, just to keep up, let alone stand out. And eventually you're in an avalanche of activities and, and responsibilities. It's hard to keep your head above water. Yep. So that's how it felt. Uh, 
what is life like now? You've you've just been through the course. Tell us what has changed. What's different now about your situation? So last, the ninth grade year, I didn't join that many clubs because I wasn't sure if that was going to be worth it. But I definitely had an idea. I want to do these clubs. In 10th grade, I kind of dropped that idea mm. of I want to do all of these things. I want to make sure I go to this event. I want to do that. I want to do this, all of these different things. And I focused, okay, here are my core values. Here are my interests and here are my strengths. Mm. And I want to make sure that I was doing something that would be impactful for my community because what we talked about in the Olympic Challenge is that the, one of the best ways to get noticed was through something that helps your community yeah. So while we were doing the Ivy League Challenge, I kind of created uh, what we talked about. We uh, created like the pie chart, not part chart. Um, yeah, the Venn diagram. Venn diagram, yes. Uh-huh. And then at the very center of that Venn diagram, what my impact project was going to be. Yeah. So I kind of dropped the knowledge of, I want to do all these different things. And most of which I didn't enjoy. I actually signed up for Mono UN and I didn't enjoy debate the debate world or writing that much yeah and then this year i was like let's not do that this makes much more sense okay all right so uh that venn diagram kind of helped clarify for you how best to spend your time and energy because every activity you add to your plate there's an opportunity cost right you're you're not spending that exact same time doing something else and you're not spending that same energy improving in some other way and so that kind of helped you to narrow your focus and figure out how best to use your time and your energy. Is that is that a fair way to to summarize what you just said? Exactly. So I started thinking about those things and I started looking through all the clubs uh, for my school and I started signing up for ones that were going to help me with my impact projects. So I signed up for engineering club and robotics. So you signed up for engineering and robotics uh, and you let go of MUN. Take us, take us to the moment in the Ivy League Challenge where you realized that it was solving your problem, that you were able to clarify what is going to help you stand out. Was there like a moment in class that that happened for you? Was it the Venn diagram? Honestly, it probably was the Venn diagram, but the Venn diagram was definitely a huge uh, like step in the right direction. Uh-huh. But I feel like over the course of those 12 slash 13 weeks, I started to develop more and more understanding of this is how I want to do it. And I don't feel like there was a definitive point mm. of where I said this was solving all my problems, but I felt like that throughout it, it slowly realized this is taking away more of my problems. And slowly uh. at the very end, all of my problems I realized are gone. But the Venn diagram definitely was a very key pivotal uh, turning point. Oh, so cool. I love hearing this because for me, Obviously, you know, I, I come from the perspective of trying to, you know, hone in and, and, and perfect the Ivy League challenge to make sure it's exactly what, what solves students' problems, teens' problems. And so it's great to hear kind of what that experience was like for you. What- yeah, all the information in that was very, uh, it was well communicated, it all was relevant, and the space overall was just extremely energetic there's a great level of social interaction with other people who are also doing their impact projects and developing them. Cool. Glad to hear that. So what is life like now? Now you've been through the class. Uh, what's changed? How, how are things different for you? So after the class, well, through the class, I created a plan about how I want to best stand out to colleges. 
I want to make sure I do these things which align with my core values and my strengths. So the uh, Ivy League Challenge kind of gave me the basis to help me create that plan, which was the biggest thing is that now I understand what I need to do and how I want to execute it. Ah, so fun. All right. So let's not keep the listeners in suspense. I'm sure they're thinking, man, you started this podcast talking about this really cool impact project. When are we going to hear about the really cool impact project? So let's talk about the impact project, because clearly over time, this idea has evolved. Let's start out with just what is your impact project? Let's let the world know what it is. And then I've got a few questions for you. My impact project revolves around the field of energy and that I'm extremely fortunate to have my grandfather is also a very prominent figure in this uh, sector of energy. Mm. So every single day I'm talking to him and I'm trying to gain more information and I'm trying to take the information that he is giving me and refine it in such a way that common people could use. People who don't have an understanding in the energy world, who don't have a background in it. So I'm making a guide essentially to help people better understand what my grandfather is talking about. Okay. And who is your grandfather? So my grandfather is a professor at the University of Michigan, and he also works at the Jefferson uh, part, uh, Particle Accelerator Lab. And he even worked on the Jefferson, a uh, Michigan Particle Accelerator Lab. And for actually, he also worked on the James Webb Telescope that's currently in space looking at very, very far away things. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool telescope. That's amazing. And I, I think it's it's awesome that you recognize that, man, that's, you're so fortunate to have that kind of resource available to you. But I will say, uh, if I may, a lot of us have resources that are accessible that we don't realize are valuable and we're not resourceful enough to take advantage of them. I think about Brianna, who I just interviewed recently, who is a, a child of immigrants and her grandparents don't speak English. And, you know, her impact project ended up being interviewing uh, and collecting the stories of immigrants. And she, of course, she started working with an NYU professor to collect these stories in a way that that leads to academic research. And it's a this really cool impact project. But it started with a desire to share the stories of her her grandparents. And here you are, it sounds like, so your grandfather uh, is a researcher and a scientist, maybe a thought leader in the field of energy. He's worked in these really cool laboratories, particle accelerators, and he's worked on the James Webb uh, telescope. And of course, he's a teacher. And, and I can imagine that someone like him maybe speaks in a way uh, that is hard. I mean, they're busy. They're doing research. They're leading scientists. And so oftentimes their communication is to scientists. Are you saying that your impact project is to take his scientific research and his ideas and kind of transcribe them or translate them into a guide that that lay people, that the general public could read and understand and make use of? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. And through his teachings, hopefully in the future, I can become an expert in this field and transcribe my thoughts into something that people can understand. That is so cool. So if I get your guide, if I read your guide, what are some of the things that I might find in there? So my current uh, first guide slash paper is currently 10 chapters long. It's a very rough draft mm -hmm. and it all talks about uh, kind of how do different appliances work and what are the pros and cons. 
So some of the biggest things we talk about is the refrigeration units, uh, air conditioning, heating, swimming pools, uh, how to heat your pool, dryers, how cars work. And then towards the very end, we talk about common myths that you might have been told as a child or even, t- or even by someone else as in your adult life uh-huh. that are just not true or they're not entirely true. They don't tell the full story. Wow. That is so cool. All right. So you are like creating those science books that we had in elementary school, but you're creating it maybe for the parents and for decision makers and families. If I want to get an AC unit or if I want to get the right refrigerator for my uh, objectives, right? The things that I want out of my refrigerator, I can read your guide and have a better idea what questions to ask of the salespeople and make sure that I get the right refrigerator. Is that exactly? And, and then once I have it, then I use it correctly. I have it on the right setting or, or whatever else. Is that kind of, am I on the right track here? Exactly. I even talked about the different units of energy, energy units that you might, that you probably have heard of. Like, for example, British thermal units, which you hear about your AC, you may not exactly know what that means. So I also go into detail about different uh, units of energy and different types of energy even. Indeed, I do not know what that means. So I need your guide. <laughs> That's so cool. I love this because you're providing the service to people like me and probably many of our listeners who would love to have better energy efficiency in the home or have their appliances meet their needs better, you know, ha- know how to evaluate what kind of appliances to get and stuff like that. But also I can just imagine how exciting this must be for you to explore all this stuff at such a deep level and then figure out how to explain it in a simple way. Is that, do you feel like you're just growing by leaps and bounds as you do this project? Is this something that's that's a challenge, but also, I don't know, to me, this feels like it would be the ultimate challenge, but how is this for you to, to write out this draft and then do the edits? And do you feel like you're learning as you're, grow, as you're going? Absolutely. I feel like I am learning I'm learning an absolute uh, mountain amount of information. Yeah. Each time I talk to my grandfather, I always learn something new. There's never a time where it's just repetitive. I always learn a lot of new information. And even through edits, I'm not the greatest uh, writer, uh, but my dad is, and he's definitely taught me a few things about editing. Mm. And through editing my own paper, I realized, okay, this doesn't make sense. This is a little bit awkward. So this impact project has definitely expanded my information about the energy world and even my ability to write. But wow. two things that I don't typically think that go together, but somehow they are. Yeah, well, they go together a lot in the real world and they go together a lot in college and in graduate school. So that is powerful that you're figuring that out now in a real world application. Ah, it's just, I love that. This is music to my ears. Okay, so here you are growing by leaps and bounds as you explore real world applications to science. You have an expert that you have connected with. I mean, it's great that he's your grandfather, but the bottom line is you've got an expert that you've connected with that you are able to communicate with regularly and learn new things. And then you're trying to convert that through writing into a guide that is digestible and consumable by the general public. Uh, and I know, I mean, we just finished class seven days ago. Like we're, I'm interviewing you during our normal class time, uh, and, which was really convenient because we already had these this time set aside. So we just kind of met at the same time we normally have class. So literally we just finished last week. I don't expect that you have a fully formed plan. Uh, anyone who thinks that in the first three months you're going to execute and scale and deliver a 
you know, a, an impact project, that's, that's not realistic. That's not what we do. You do get all the tools that you need to know what to do and how to pivot and how to grow your ideas moving forward. But uh, I don't expect that you have this figured out, but you might. What are your thoughts around distributing this guide once you finish it? How do you plan to kind of get it out to the world? Have you thought about that so, yet? Uh, yeah. So one thing is that I did actually, uh, during our class, create a plan about how I want to uh, uh, look through everything. Okay. So my idea for distribution is first writing this guy, this paper, and then the next one, then I'm going to write a second one that talks more in depth about thermal energy. So fossil fuels, uh, things that require heat to create energy electrical energy, since those are the, by far the, t- the two biggest uh, like classes of energy. I want to just go in depth, talk about it, and make sure that, once again, pe- normal people that, who do not, that do not have a background in all of this can understand this information. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I want to kind of merge those two things in combination of thermal and electrical energy with my current uh, guide and create an online asynchronous course that discusses this. Uh, it's very early thought, so yeah. it could very easily change. But my plan is sort of like a Khan Academy style course where we oh. have videos, articles, uh, even like small quizzes that go with a certain unit. And then over time, you start to gain more and more knowledge. All in this, all uh, so that... If you don't have, if you have zero idea what energy, what the word energy even means, you can understand this. Yeah. Oh, such a cool plan. Such a great idea. So in the future, we should see not just one guide, but it sounds like three guides that you already have mapped out in your mind. And then those guides kind of come together in an interactive platform, an interactive kind of Khan Academy style course where people can decide which module to study. So that, oh, I want to do refrigeration or I want to do swimming pools or I want to do electricity, whatever, electric cars, something like that. And then uh, they can they can dive in, study the thing they want to do, test themselves to make sure they understood it correctly. Uh, and and high school students and adults alike can start to understand this really practical world of energy conservation and just using how appliances work and how we can use them more effectively to meet our goals, but also to be more efficient for the planet and all that sort of stuff. Yep, exactly. I'm excited for that. So would you be open to kind of a follow-up interview in a few months? Maybe let's call it six months from now come back and say, how's the guide coming? How's the guide number two coming? Are you still planning on creating a course? And, and maybe just kind of give an update to the audience about, about what's coming? Absolutely. I would absolutely love doing that. Well, Aki, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you so far. And I'm excited for our follow-up in a few months to learn more about the guide and learn more about the course and how you're going to do, uh, like take what you've begun and, and move that forward. I'm really excited for the follow-up interview. I'm excited for what you've already done. I think you're inspiring. I think that your your story and your message is going to help a lot of our listeners. And so I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to share your story with us. And I'm so excited for the follow-up in a couple of months. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm extremely grateful for this. And I hope people take my message to heart. 
Awesome. Thanks, Aki. Thank you. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.